Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's story was produced on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri, the Canberra region, and also the Yuan Nation around the south coast. For Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Nam, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. crowd is gathered on a windy headland surrounded by ocean surf at North Rosedale on the New South Wales south coast. The families are holding yellow and black signs that say climate action now. The bright sunlight seems unfamiliar in this place that once was deeply shaded but the burnt trees are recovering their trunks now covered in frills of new leaves. These locals one year ago in the black summer lived through the horrific fires that burnt some of their homes to the ground as they ran for shelter to the beach. Now, on November 26, we are waiting for a truck from the Australian National Museum to arrive to pick up a relic of Black Summer, a melted aluminium fishing tinny boat from the destroyed home of Jack Egan and Kath Bowden. On the unmelted half of the boat is a large yellow and black painted sign that says... Climate action now. While we waited beneath the recovering eucalypts, Kath Bowden shared a remarkable account of how, as the fireball raged towards her, she took flight in terror and ran from their burning house, thinking only of survival. I lived at Number 8 Dale Place, which is where this action's taken place. Our house was burnt like completely burnt on, and everything we owned actually is gone. It was all there in my art collection because I've worked in the arts for a very long time, so lost that, lost a whole lot of stuff. It all burnt down on New Year's Eve 2019, and uh, it was a big surprise, of course, and we thought we were going to be able to defend the house, and, um, of course, that was just a folly because we had no idea really the extent of the fires, and I'd never seen anything like it. And on the day... We took a car away and then came back and Jack and I tried to save the house. But I came out the front and saw that fireball coming and I just ran away to the beach in terror. He stayed and, um, you know, did try and defend the house, but it was impossible and we got separated on the day, which was pretty traumatic. But um, so I saw that fireball and we saw the fire come overnight from Mogo. We were woken in the morning at six o'clock and had that time to prepare, but nothing actually prepares you for seeing something like that and experiencing something like that. So in terms of climate change, having seen it, seen the face of it, the actual face of that fire, that ginormous fireball, uh, yeah, it's changed my view on it. It's much more, it becomes much more urgent. It's an abstract, we all believe in it, but it's an abstract concept, but when you actually see it in the face like that, it's right there. And it needs to be dealt with now. Can you think back to what sort of awareness you had about the climate issue before the fires? What sort of a person were you around that issue? I obviously believed in it and I obviously knew it was an issue that needed to be dealt with. And um, like so many different issues that we 
are concerned about, including, you know, the range of issues of refugees, the whole issue of things that upset us and the environment generally, I was always concerned about that. But having that very, very full-on, total experience of the fire, as I said, just made it very present and made it, pushed it right up to the top of the agenda, really. So do you now think it's the most pressing issue that we're facing in Australia? I think it possibly is actually because it's now we have to deal with it now even though it's so abstract and all of that the tipping points are here they're coming and it has to be dealt with now and it's a very difficult thing to deal with because it is quite abstract for a lot of people it seems to be oh that can be dealt with in you know you hear all these states 2025 2030 2050 all of that people think oh that's fun someone else could deal with that later but we're reaching those tipping points it has to be done now and government needs to do it now i remember the terrible fires in victoria some years ago where Friends of friends of mine passed away and I, who had been environmental activists. And I, I really felt for them of thinking, you know, in that moment as the end came, that they'd fought against this sort of thing and, and now they were the victim. Did you have any of those thoughts as, as the fireball approached and the situation became more serious? No. No, it was that particular experience for me was extraordinary. It was flight or fight and it was flight. And it just took, I, I kind of, where's Jack? I don't care. I just want to survive this, you know? And so I cared later, obviously. But I grabbed the dog and I just ran. And I ran and there were embers coming down, igniting leaves when we were running. And we couldn't run down to this little beach because the fire was coming up that hill, which it was never supposed to do. So I had to run straight ahead. I was completely just trying to survive, quite frankly. So I didn't have any thoughts except that. And then I got down to the beach and ran into the water because I was just so terrified. And then the southerly came after a while. And then I started shivering because it went down about 20 degrees. And then I went into a bit of a state of shock, actually, to be completely honest. So for quite a bit of that day, I wasn't myself at all, uh, really. I didn't think about that stuff, but obviously afterwards, not that long afterwards, uh, yeah, it's gone top of mind. Thanks so much for sharing those stories with Earth Matters. Kath Bowden describes her ordeal last New Year 2019. The evocative tunes there are by emerging Canberra composer Dom Novakovic. Ironically, that track is called How Times Can Be Lovely. speeches were about to start. Nathan Harris told me what was going on. The dinghy's been half completely melted by the, the heat of the fire. And this is aluminium. It takes an immense amount of heat to melt it. The other side of the dinghy was unmelted, and so it created a great place for a sign. It was Jack's idea, and it was a great idea. And there's a certain poetic irony about a boat that gets burnt in a fire. I mean, it's just a stark, poetic contrast. And then there's the concept of we're all in the same boat together. 
Exactly. Yeah. So, great idea. Very happy to help. That was 10 months ago. And we've just pulled the boat out. We've put it here on the side of the road. And we're just waiting for the people to gather. We're going to have a sort of a small ceremony of sorts. And then the National Museum people will take the dinghy away and also and also the pump. Both burnt objects that symbolise the amazing and, and terrible times of, of Black Summer. Were you in the fires down here? I wasn't in the fires when they came, but I was staying with Jack and Kath a few weeks earlier. So I'm still struck by the change. A, a beautiful house full of, of beautiful things, full of Indigenous art, full of love and green plants now just completely gone. And I remember sitting out the back with Jack and Kath and we talked about the fires and my background is forestry and I, I have worked in fire situations and I thought that Jack had done all the right things. He had the pump. We wondered if the fires were going to come down from the north and it seemed like, you know, people were prepared as much as they could be. But then no one could predict what happened. They came from an entirely different direction, the ferocity, the extent, and then a few weeks later, their lovely house was a pile of ashes and twisted metal. That was Nathan Harris. Jack Egan begins the handing over ceremony. Let's acknowledge where we are. We're on the land of the Walbunja people of the Yuan Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Talking climate action, we've got three signs of climate action here today. We've got you and I, all of us. We are signs and representatives of the huge groundswell for urgent and thorough action to return to a safe climate. We've got my melted tinny here. One side is completely gone, melted into the ground, pulled into the ground. The tinny itself is a sign of the terrible consequences of the climate catastrophe we're in grave danger of tipping into. The third type of sign here are the signs all of you are holding. Those signs are telling the world, outside of any social media bubble, that we want climate action, that we all need climate action. Foremost among the painted signs here today is the sign painted on the boat, we want climate action. Because after the fires, that was, well, most, most obvious. Jack Egan at the handing over ceremony of the burnt boat with climate sign to the Australian National Museum. Local GP Michelle Hamrosi was at the event. A member of Parents for Climate Action, she emphasised the need for urgency taking climate action to protect our health. My daughter and I painted this sign back in January, about the same time that Jack and Kath painted their car. We painted it to show the world our support for climate action, just after the traumatic climate-driven fires swept through my hometown of Browlee, just down the road from here. I'm a doctor and I know that climate change is bad for our health. Australians are already suffering the deadly impacts of climate change. Exposure to last summer's bushfires and heatwaves had severe physical and mental health consequences. 33 people died directly from the fires. 
and a further 417 from smoke-related deaths, with thousands more being hospitalised. This is a consequence of 1.1 degrees warming. We risk losing many thousands of lives with the COVID pandemic, but our leaders listened to the science and medical experts and stepped up, leading the world in our pandemic response. We must do the same for the climate crisis. We must step up, acknowledge the solid, irrefutable science and act according to the science. Anything less is putting Australians' lives at great risk. Let's be a shining example on the world stage, not an embarrassing laggard like we are today. Science tells us the time frame we have left to have any meaningful control over the rapidly warming climate is narrowing. Science tells us we need to reduce our emissions from here on by around 8% each year over the next decade to have a 66% chance of keeping below 1.5 degrees. This time frame is this decade. This is our moment to rapidly transform our lives and our economies. Climate action is a life-saving movement that is growing in momentum. We need to act now so our kids can enjoy outdoor play over summers. We need to act now so aggressive heat waves and out of control bushfires don't destroy our town and cities. Taking out our power supplies and essential infrastructure and killing thousands of elderly and vulnerable. We need to act now so we have cleaner air, abundant water and food, thriving biodiversity and a stable, livable climate for us today and into the future. We need to remember climate solutions are solutions for a healthier, more abundant, more prosperous Australia. Inaction is far more expensive and an imminent threat to our safety, health and prosperity. Through Jack's boat, we thank the National Museum of Australia for hearing our call. Thank you. South Coast GP Michelle Hamrosi. On November the 26, 2020, the melted tinny boat is moved from North Rosedale into the truck headed for the National Museum of Australia in Canberra. You're with Earth Matters, covering environment and social justice stories and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Our thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support. new project launching the idea to have uniform climate action now signs everywhere on every front lawn and window to show that we really do want climate action because it seems our politicians don't want to listen to what the people really want i have on the line director jed johnson of can sign back over um last year we got involved in creating some core flute signs to do with climate action. And it really started with the black summer fires back in 2019. And I, I'm, I'm in the RFS, I've been in the RFS as a New South Wales RFS member for 35 years. So I was out fighting those fires. And on um, New Year's Eve, a good friend of mine, Jack, uh, lost his home on, this, on the coast. 
So it had a bit of an impact and uh, we noticed that farmers on the coast were painting their fences after that uh, with we want climate action now they're painting it yellow and, and black and my friend Jack got into doing that and I was desperate to help him out and um, you know as part of that it was really a grassroots campaign that started that and I suggested to Jack that we you know, hatch a plan to actually create signs rather than ask people to paint their fences and with a bit of assistance from some seed funding from Australian Conservation Foundation, yeah, we managed to do that. So during the early part of 2019, we were selling signs into towns and villages and it took off. Basically, people were very keen to buy them. You know, one main street in a village has just about every second house has one of those signs to the point where people were coming up to us saying, look, I've got to buy one of these signs because uh, I look like a climate denier. I'm the one that doesn't have one. So it was you know, it got a, a bit of its own momentum. What's happened since then is that the ACF and others have been encouraging us to go beyond just the New South Wales, Eden Monero area, because we've now sold into many towns and villages, but we go national. And to do that, we've managed to put a bigger team together and created a new organisation. So that, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I'm with you. The new organisation's called CanSign Inc or Climate Action Now Science Incorporated and it's a non-for-profit organisation with a bigger team and I'm helping head that team up. And really we're focusing on selling to public but also to many of the climate action groups that are actually in Australia. So we've discovered to our surprise just how many there are. There's more than 70 in Australia. We're really excited because we've produced a brand new sign. We've got a great logo, a brand new logo, which is like a melting clock with a map of the globe on it with Australia on it. And it's a pretty effective logo. And what we've done now is printed a few hundred more signs of uh, of the new design. And that's rapidly being distributed as we speak. And our plans are to grow that into more options, more uh, sign styles and sizes for the community. I'm with Jed Johnson, who heads the new group Climate Action Now Signs, Can Signs. The logo is of a melting clock with a pained expression on its face. Pretty happy with the design. We've actually, you know, gone through many, many... um, Styles, I think something like 23 different designs before we've settled on this one, but it's uh, we're pretty happy with the new one. It's great. And we're looking forward to just doing that one in multiple sizes for the public. And we're also offering our services to the other climate action groups that we can do their signs, so they can use our logo on their signs, or we may uh, redesign their existing signs to be a bit more like ours with Sue's smack designs skills or if they don't have a signs at all we'll do them from the ground up so we're offering not only our signs but a service to the other climate action groups and the key thing is we're doing them on such bulk runs that the actual cost is low so that we can do them at an effective price for these these organizations Okay, if people want to get a sign, and I'm sure they will now, or if they want to get bulk climate action now signs for their climate action group, or even start a climate action group, 
It's going to have the logo of the melting clock face. What do they do next? Yes, so they can either email office at cansign.org.au or go to the website www.cansign.org.au and there'll be an area for them to go to the signs and place an order. We currently have um, depots for signs in some regional areas. We'll be having one in Sydney shortly and Melbourne and Canberra and we've got them in the the places we've been selling them now in around Gundaroo, north of Canberra and on the south coast. I'm guessing your vision is to make a mass impact with more uniform climate action signs everywhere. What is your vision, Jed Johnson? Well, I think it's it's really to make uh, an impact that when the public see these, the logo or those signs, they recognise them as a Climate Action Now sign. So at the moment there's 70 groups and 70 different types of signs and styles. Uh, what we're trying to do is... Uh, get some consistency across those. So I think it'll make a big impact for all environmental groups in Australia if they can see, oh, that's a can sign, even if it's particular sign. So there's plenty of groups that you you know you may not have heard of, like Farmers for Climate Action, Doctors for Climate Action. There's plenty of them, and they all have their own unique styles. But if we can at least have them having similar logos or potentially some slightly similar signs then collectively they will all be seen as a much bigger force for you know, the fight to actually get climate action on the agenda you know, in Australia. Great idea, Jed. Thanks so much for organising this for everybody. Oh, very, very pleased to do it. That email address for ordering Climate Action Now signs on corrugated cardboard and a link to the CanSign website are both on the Earth Matters homepage for this show at the 3cr.org.au website. As those who have suffered through bushfires know so well, time is running out for timely action for a safe climate. Net zero emissions. By 2050 is the buzzword of the day. Firstly, what are net zero emissions? Net zero emissions is when all the human-made greenhouse gas emissions are sequestered, meaning they're taken from the atmosphere and put somewhere else, essentially balancing out emissions to a net total of zero. Now that Trump has gone and Biden is in, the USA is again responding to cut CO2 emissions committing to zero net emissions by 2050, along with a pile of other countries. Hopes are rising that we could manage the evolving climate disaster better. Prime Minister Morrison is being dragged into acknowledging the need for net zero emissions by 2050, but he wouldn't make a firmer commitment to when net zero emissions would occur. Is the 2050 net zero emissions target a con? Advocates for telling the truth about the climate emergency say 2050 is too far away. That's 29 years away. We need much shorter time frames than that. The clock is ticking. We've already wasted so much time. For the past 50 years, we've had even the best Australian governments in cohorts with the fossil fuel industry, externalising all the consequences and liabilities 
of the fossil fuel industry onto our children, the environment and taxpayers. Australians continue to be conned and when people complain, demonstrators are threatened with jail and fines. Talk about wasted time. 15 years ago, the 2008 Garnot Climate Change Review, led by Professor Ross Garnot, gave a whole sleigh full of good advice on how to get to negative emissions. But because the government is responding to the status quo, rather than being the servants of the community, they're the servants of the rip-off merchants. We've had 15 years of deliberate government protection and subsidising of vested fossil fuel industries, government denial, delay and disinformation about the severity of the climate situation to actively protect and subsidise the status quo. You can probably hear in the tone of my voice that it's making my blood boil. How dare they? One wonders how long this can go on for before international pressure forces us to take a fair share of emissions reduction. When will an Australian federal government succeed in legislating an effective climate policy, substantially different to more coal mines and fracking? And when will the laggard Australian government lead us to join the world in really addressing the challenge to our fullest ability? That's what you do when things get bad. You try your best for everyone. And we are all in this together. No more dithering, Australia. This time, the whole world must now move forward together to act effectively to limit global heating. I'm Beck Horridge. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples for Radio 3CR in Melbourne in Wurundjeri country and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. Let's go back to Dom Novakovic's track, How Times Can Be Lovely.